Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm an integrative and functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in well over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs. And I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a school in practitioner mentorship where we help other clinicians level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what this show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I would love for you to subscribe to the show, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Now give me the mic so I can take it away. Hello, party people. Today, we're going to talk about how to listen to your intuition. This is a requested episode. Many times over, I've been asked to do this episode. I released a poll on Instagram a few weeks ago and seemed like there was a lot of interest. So we are doing it. Um, Your questions really give me insight into how people think about this topic. So that kind of helped me format what I talk about in today's show. So thank you for submitting questions for those of you that did. I love this topic um, because it's near and dear to my heart. I run my entire life, business, body, health, all of it based off of my intuition, um, or at least I, I try my best to. I, I like this topic because it really transcends just food and nutrition, although you can absolutely use your intuition there as well. Uh, it transcends just physical health. It transcends pretty much every aspect of your life. So today, here's, the, here's what we're going to do. We're going to define intuition. We're going to talk about why we struggle to access it or trust it. And it's similar to what I said in the boundaries episode a couple of weeks ago. The que- when I said the question isn't really how do I set boundaries, but it's more so why is boundary setting so hard? Kind of same deal with intuition. It's not just like, oh, how do I listen to my intuition? It is why is accessing my intuition such a challenge for me? So we're going to unpack some of the reasons why, and then we'll get into the hows, how to actually do this. And it is such a fun time for me to release this episode because today I am teaching the intuitive medicine class in Manifest Your Health. So this is a class where we begin to open up the lines of communication with your body so that you get to access your own inner healer. Very exciting stuff. Um, We talk about real root cause resolution, so the metaphysical, the emotional underpinnings and roots of illness and symptoms and how to discover those things. We talk about symptoms as messengers and disease as an invitation or an initiation. We talk a lot about energy anatomy and energy hygiene, which is one of my all-time favorite topics, and also how to begin building an intuitive rapport with your body. So if all of this is something you'd like to learn, you've got one last chance to jump in, manifest your health. This is the last week to sign up. We are running it one more time as a live program, Um, and that's just one class out of many. 
So this is, these are concepts that I can just about guarantee you will not learn anywhere else. So if you want a completely new radical approach to your health, this is the program to do it. And I know we are releasing this offer in the midst of graduation, end of school year, start of summer shenanigans. And this is intentional because we're asking you to believe that you matter and your healing is possible. We're asking you to bet on yourself and go for it in the middle of all of this chaos, if you will, because we know that the people who are willing to choose themselves to honor their needs in the midst of life, full throttle, jam-packed, ruckusy life are the ones who get the biggest, most profound transformation. And we want people in the beta group to get the biggest transformation. As someone in our current group said last week, I am ready for fast healing. So if you are ready to start feeling motivated, validated, excited, and good about your health, join Manifest Your Health this week. It is the last chance you get to do so. By joining this program, you are essentially acting in the identity of the person of who you want to become. And just doing that is going to enhance and accelerate your growth. So I am here. I am ready. Let's go. Let's do it. Manifest your health, babe. All the details to sign up are in the show notes. Now let's get into intuition. Let's start by defining it. What is intuition. This is my personal view. So this isn't like my, like I researched this and this is like a working definition based on so-and-so. This is my view of intuition. It's messages coming from my soul or my highest self, like capital S self, my core self, or what Gabor Mate would call the authentic self. So this is the self that is sort of under all of the layers. It This self can be hidden by learned beliefs, limiting beliefs, uh, by programs we've picked up through childhood, through society, through our culture, and then the conditioned behavior associated with these beliefs. Um, but I believe that intuition's voice gets to be louder than all of that, even if even if your core self is hidden by a lot of programs and limiting beliefs, it's never lost. And I believe that these messages that come from our intuition are always in alignment with our highest and best interest and with our like full purpose, like why we're here. So I really see intuition as messages that are coming from within, within my body, my emotions, my feelings, even my biofield or my energy field. Now, I've talked before about divine downloads. I feel like that's like mess that's not messages coming from within, but from I don't know, somewhere up there out there. Uh, well, let me back up a click. I believe that my work and my life are a co-creation. So it's me in something bigger than me building things together. Uh, Rick Rubin's book, which is phenomenal, by the way, uh, it's called The Creative Act. He says, this content does not come from inside us. The source is out there, a wisdom surrounding us, an inexhaustible offering that is always available. I love that. And sometimes for me, this source wisdom just drops in. That's what I refer to as divine downloads. It actually just happened 
last weekend. Um, I've been saying for about six months that I've been waiting for clarity to crystallize about something and then boom, all of a sudden it just landed. It just dropped in. I literally had to go get a pen to write it down. So I, I don't see my intuition as that, as source, as divine inspiration or, or, or guidance. I see that as something else. Where my intuition comes online is it's the thing inside me that says, this is important. That's a message to listen to. It's the, it was the voice inside me that says, oh, this is big. Go grab a pen. So just that's kind of how I differentiate the two, my intuition from actual source. And somebody else might look at this totally differently, and that's totally cool too, but this is how I see it. This is how I experience it. And by the way, this is a lot of, a lot of the stuff I teach in the Energetics of Expansion. That's the course that I created for entrepreneurs like about this exact stuff. I will say that course is money, baby. <laughs> You will see inner growth and external growth if you're interested in that sort of thing. But anyway, back to intuition. Carolyn Miss defines intuition. I do like her definition. Defines intuition as the ability to use energy data to make decisions in the immediate moment. So energy data can be emotions. It can be body sensations. It can even be physical symptoms. Or that like frequency check. Remember a few weeks ago, I was talking about frequency medicine and frequency check. Like there's something you just feel. You can't put your finger on it. It's not tangible. There's like a, there's a certain energetic feeling that I get when I know something is not aligned for me. This is actually what happened recently with your hormone revival. For those of you who follow my work, I've been running a hormone program for four, four and a half years. And for the past, I don't know, six months or so, whenever I would think about your hormone revival, I would feel a very certain way. And I used those feelings as an internal guidance system because I, I knew that the way I was doing it, based on how I was feeling, I knew that the way I was doing it no longer felt aligned. And honestly, it didn't even make sense from a logical standpoint. I'm going to talk through the specifics of this in a little bit because I think it's a helpful example because sometimes intuition and what your mind is telling you are two different things. So that's where it can get a little, little funky and clunky. So the reason for this is because your intuition is often trying to deliver pretty big picture messages. Uh, like I said earlier, I believe those messages are always in alignment with our highest and our best interest, with our purpose. So these messages are usually attempting to bring you into alignment with your purpose. So if you're not living out your purpose, your intuition might be guiding you in a different way, and your mind is going to create all sorts of stories about that. So some things that your intuition might might be asking you to look at. Is there something in your life that you need to stop doing so it can free you up to do something else? Does somebody in your life need to be forgiven? Does someone need to lose access to your energy? Is there a big decision you need to make that you've been avoiding? Have you been avoiding a conversation that you need to have? Are you not living out your purpose? You know, like big picture stuff. Um, 
I've talked about the book, The Big Leap here a bazillion times because I love it. It's by Gay Hendricks. And in the book, he refers to diseases of unfulfillment. When someone is not living out their purpose, when, when people aren't expressing their full potential, they can get illness with vague, hard to diagnose symptoms. And I, I can, I will co-sign on that because I have seen it. If there's a part of you that knows you're not living out your highest potential, your intuition will try to get your attention, will try to communicate that to you. And sometimes that just feels like fatigue or random symptoms or just not feeling. If you're not living out your highest potential, your health might not be living out its highest potential either. It could be another way to look at it. So again, intuition can deliver big picture messages. And if you don't listen to it, if you haven't honed the skill to listen to it, um, sometimes problems can arise. Somebody had asked me on Instagram, where do you feel intuition in your body? And I can't uh, personally, I can't pinpoint one particular spot. And that might not be true for other people. They might be like, I know it in my gut, right? Or I feel it in my heart space, or I feel it in my throat. And for me, it's like all of the above. I will say that my intuition definitely used to come through in physical symptoms in my body. So generalized anxiety, uh, reduced caffeine tolerance like digestive wonkiness, heart palpitations, muscle twitches, interrupted sleep patterns, all of those for me, any, any combination of those symptoms pop up, I know my body is being driven past its capacity. So I'm like pushing myself beyond my own limitations. But other things, like other patterns, like I, I used to get recurring shingles pain. So I got shingles years ago. And then when my inner guidance system was trying to communicate to me, I would get like, I called it my spidey sense. I would get like a shingles pain flare that nerve circuit would, would act up. I would get autoimmune flares, a flare up of symptoms, um, just kind of like overall fatigue, uh, resentment. That was, that's a biggie. That is a big one for me. So they, they can come out in, in many different ways, um, many different ways throughout my body. And the symptoms, I always look at the symptoms as clues, like as codes, messages that my body is sending me to let me know something's up. Now I, I'm very good at decoding the symptoms, but I wasn't always. The communication line between my body and myself were shut down for a long, a long time. And I think that's very common um, for many of us. And I'm going to talk about why. So I really blew past the quiet whispers of my intuition. And I waited for them to essentially become loud, thunderous shouts, you know? Um, and that's why I think my intuition had to speak through me through symptoms, because that was the way that I would actually listen. And this this took practice. Opening up the lines of communication with my body took practice. It took some time, but I, it is good, noble work. It really, really, really is because I learned so much about myself along the way. So I'm grateful that I put in the time to learn to hear my body speak. And now, honestly, I, I tend to 
feel my intuition less through physical symptoms and more through my energy body. It's it's much more gentle because I have practiced listening to it. I've cultivated um, that that practice. So again, like listening to the whispers before they become screams. But I want to be really honest um, that it, I it it the messages had to come in loud and rough before I really started to pay attention for a while. Um, and that might be your situation. And if that is, okay. You know, eventually the more we practice, the more we open up space to listen to our intuition, the more we heed the messages that our intuition is telling us, the gentler it becomes. So now it's more of like a, like I was saying, like an energetic feeling. Like I just like, I just like, no, I just know without my body having to take a hit. Um, Carolyn Miss, back to my, my pal, Carolyn, she says developing, or she refers to it as developing an intuitive rapport with your life in your body. And the steps to do this is reaching for guidance. So it's that, that, that first step is to like kind of believing that that guidance exists, believing that that guidance is out there, believing that that guidance is here to help you out. So reaching for guidance incorporating that guidance into choice. So it's not just about receiving the messages, it's actually acting on the messages. So, you know, that list that I was talking about when I said intuition can del- deliver big picture messages. So if your intuition's trying to get in touch with you because it's trying to communicate, hey, this person really shouldn't have access to your energy. It's not just about hearing that message. It's taking the appropriate action based on that message. And in this way, we, we live out our choice. You know, we, we embody this. And that is how we build an intuitive rapport with our body and our life. Okay? So that, that's my long-winded definition of intuition. And let's take a quick break so we can talk about Element. I'm so pumped to hear that you guys are digging this stuff. I knew you would. It's so freaking tasty. I did get a question about sodium. Somebody asked if I was concerned with the sodium content, and the answer is not at all. In fact, that's why I sought out Element as my electrolyte drink of choice. Active athletes, especially during hot weather, can lose up to seven grams of sodium per day just through sweat alone. And in order to replete that, to replace that, we need both water and sodium so we can reestablish appropriate and proper hydration. I'm active. I like to do hot yoga. Honestly, on my hot yoga days, I actually double down on Element. I know many of you are active as well. So this is something that we really should be mindful of. Salt has been villainized. It's not the bad guy. We need salt. We need minerals. We need electrolytes. And if you want to do it in a yummy way, Element is your thing. So right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. So that's eight packets for free with any element order. It's a great way to try the flavor, see what you like. And you can get it at drinkelement.com forward slash funk. The deal is only available through my link. You got to go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash funk. You also get a no questions asked refund. So try it risk-free. You're going to love it. Okay, I want to talk to you about moringa, which is a plant that can give us a green powder. And I've known the benefits for moringa for a while. It has a lot of protein, vitamin A, potassium, calcium, vitamin C, iron. It's a pretty powerful and potent little plant. 
I couldn't get past the taste. I would buy bags of it, just not really know what to do with it. I love me some like dirt flavor. I'll drink matcha tea all day long, but the Moringa, I was like, it's kind of weird. The good news is that you can get all the benefits of Moringa without like the weird taste in Organifi's green juice. So you can go with their original blend, which has kind of a minty taste, or with their brand new green juice crisp apple blend, which tastes mm, just like apples. Organifi's green juice also has other green superfoods like spirulina and chlorella, as well as ashwagandha, a really nice adaptogenic herb that helps to balance out cortisol levels in the body. If you want to try some, and I think you should, head to Organifi.com forward slash funk. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash funk to save 20% off of your order. Number two, I want to talk about why we struggle to access it or why we struggle to trust it. So the by a landslide, the number one question people asked was intuition versus anxiety or versus fear. How can I discern the difference between intuition and anxiety? How do I tell the difference between anxiety and a gut feeling? How can you follow your intuition when you have anxiety? So anxiety, 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 fear, fear, anxiety, fear, fear, fear. It's like all over the place. Um, and I think that getting curious about, so if you were somebody who either submitted that question or a question like that, or you are like, yeah, I, I want to know the answer to that. I think getting curious, examining the question itself may provide more insight to you than me just answering what I think the answer is to that question. Because... The idea that we're low-key terrified of our own intuition or the idea that our intuition is going to deliver something bad and scary says a lot about how we've come to collectively think about our innate wisdom, what we've been taught to believe, that it's a scary thing, that it's not to be trusted. Now, intuition is a trait of the divine feminine, which is historically not something we have a lot of reverence or respect for, uh, respect for in our society. Traits of the, so we all have aspects of divine feminine and divine masculine in us, all of us, all the time. Traits of the divine feminine are intuition, nurturing, healing, expression, wisdom, patience, emotions, flexibility, whereas traits of the divine masculine are logic, reason, action, firmness, survival, strength, rationality. And we really tend to prioritize those traits, those divine masculine traits in our society. And so intuition as a divine feminine trait doesn't really hold a lot of regard or respect, or we don't hold a lot of regard or respect for it. And we are rarely ever taught to cultivate it because we don't respect it. We don't see it as an asset. We don't see it as something that we should really honor and respect and pay attention to. And so we just aren't really taught about it. We're not taught how to access it. And in fact, pretty much just the opposite. And this goes back a really long time. Uh, There's this concept known as the witch wound, because for centuries, probably longer, we have been taught to fear this inner power, particularly in women. I mean, people were literally killed for it. 
So what we know and we understand about trauma is that it can be passed down for generations. So that resonance, that this witch wound, that this fear of speaking out, this fear of being different, this fear of cultivating our own innate power and showcasing that power um, carries on. It lives through multiple, it lives on through generations. And so a lot of us, the idea is that a lot of us carry that around unbeknownst to ourselves. Um, Not feeling like you have a voice or not feeling like your voice matters can really limit and inhibit hearing your intuition, hearing your inner voice. Um, This can be from how you are brought up, your family of origin, or the society and culture in which you are brought up, and how that society views you. So a participant in Manifest Your Health this week shared some insight. So shout out to Leslie for this one. As a Latino woman, her voice has been especially shut down. So there are certain populations that may not feel empowered to use their voice. And over time, that can be a way that we shut down and we abandon ourselves based on the conditioning that we've received, you know, based on what we're told about ourselves from the society at large. And again, this can happen like smaller scale in the family of origin you were brought up in. Did you feel like you had a voice? And then bigger scale in the society and the culture in which you were brought up in. And so this can be a way that we learn to silence our own intuition. Um, She said, our intuition is always speaking to us, but our intuition doesn't speak very loud. If we've silenced it for so long, it becomes harder to listen. We can see the same theme echoed in medicine and healthcare where patients are dismissed, they're invalidated, they are left feeling ashamed, feeling powerless. Um, I used this example before, I will again. I was, this is an Instagram thing. I was, somebody commented, I had shared a story about, I don't know, my autoimmune journey or something like that. And a med student came and said, I'm sorry that happened to you, but anecdotal evidence isn't evidence. So we are being told all the time, your experience isn't real and it doesn't matter. And we begin to internalize this. If we're constantly being told that our experience isn't real and it doesn't matter, this creates and reinforces lack of trust in ourselves. Or if we've been through the ringer with healthcare being told we're a hypochondriac, right? Um, you're like, gosh, I thought something was really wrong, but my doctor's telling me nothing's wrong. I guess I can't trust myself. There's this strong message of you don't know your body. You're not to be trusted. I'm the expert. And we have divorced ourselves from our bodies. We have shut down the communication systems. If our symptoms are messages, we have tried in every single way to shut down those messages. I have a headache. I take an Advil rather than ask, why do I have a headache? What is this headache trying to communicate to me? I have acne. I take birth control. Like we're literally divorcing ourselves from our female cycle. We're turning it off completely. I have anxiety. I'll take a Xanax rather than trying to understand what my body is telling me. This is the cultural norm. This is the cultural norm. We, we systematically shut off the messages coming from our body. And then we wonder why we can't listen to our body. We see this in our food culture as well. Cravings are bad. Crush your cravings. You know, think about every message you've ever received about your cravings. Your innate desires are wrong. They need to be fought 
They need to be crushed. You're bad for having them. Um, we can see this play out in certain religions where pleasure or sexuality is wrong and sinful. So we're getting these messages in many different ways over many different days. If we've been taught all of our lives not to trust ourselves, not to trust our urges, that the inner voice is wrong, it's telling us things that are false, it, we're being taught to actually rebel against our inner voice, rebel against our inner urges, if we've been taught that our voice doesn't matter, if we've been taught that there's no possible way we can know things, then of course, of course, it's going to be challenging to listen to your intuition. So if you are afraid of your intuition, then first off, understand there's good reason for it. And secondly, I invite you into a reframe. So I'll offer another way to think about this. And it might not be that anxiety prevents you from following your intuition, but instead, lack of trust in your own intuition can actually fuel anxiety. Because lack of trust in yourself can be rocket fuel for anxiety. If you're not a strong, solid pillar in your own life, that can for sure contribute to anxiety. And the anecdote for this is understanding yourself more deeply because understanding yourself more deeply can create greater trust in yourself. So get curious do a little bit of investigative research about the anxiety. Where is the anxiety come from? Why? Why is it here? Because emotions, including anxiety, are messages. So that thing, that thing anxiety that you think is holding you back from your intuition might actually be the ticket into your intuition. If you're willing to sit with the anxiety, if you're look, willing to look at it head on, what is that anxiety trying to communicate with you? Maybe, maybe your anxiety and your intuition are not at odds, but maybe your intuition is trying to communicate with you through the form of anxiety. So with all of that said, let's talk about how to access your intuition. Now that we know what intuition is and why it's so challenging for us, how do we actually do it? And the very first place to start is to practice parasympathetic because it can be hard to access or to hear your intuition when you are locked in a sympathetic nervous system response or a stress response, a fight or flight response. We have to get open and relaxed enough to actually receive something. I love how Rick Rubin says, so few people are open enough to hold it. So if your intuition isn't coming in, it might just because you are pitched into that sympathetic fight or flight response in part of accessing your intuition is to downregulate. And I'm not going to spend too much time here because I have literally hours and hours and hours of content on how to do that throughout this whole podcast. So um, let's move on to Step two, which is to create space. We have to create the space to allow these messages to come in. If your energy or your life or your world is completely cluttered up with 
everybody else, there's no space for you. There's no space for higher guidance and wisdom to come in and land. Creating space for you to exist in your own life is a major theme of my work. You've heard me say it countless times. How much time do you spend consuming information, scanning what everybody else is doing, listening to everybody else? How many inputs do you allow in all day, every day? Versus how much time do you spend listening to yourself, getting to know and understand yourself? Do you even have space in your life to do that? How much time do you spend integrating all the information you're pulling in? How much attention do you put on creating space for your own internal guidance to come through versus constantly looking outside yourself for answers or consulting an external guru or an external expert or a savior? Rick Rubin says, because there's an endless amount of data available to us and we have a limited bandwidth, we might consider carefully curating the quality of what we allow in. So we want to create space in our life and we also want to curate that space. I've talked about curating your energy field before. This is what I'm talking about. So much of intuition is developing the ability to assess the energy that you manage in your own life developing the skill to read the language of your own energy. Rick Rubin says, if your antenna isn't sensitively tuned, you're likely to lose the data in the noise. This is why I say energy hygiene is one of my favorite to talk, uh, topics to teach about and to practice myself. It's for this reason. I want to I tune my antenna um, so that I can actually hear the messages coming from within. I want to curate my energy space, my field, so that it's not cluttered up with everybody else's opinions and noise and energy because there's no space for mine to come through. So we have to tune the antenna. How do we do this? Sitting with yourself. Um, I love nature. Just this morning, I was talking to Jenna, my ops manager, and I was like, I got to go into the woods. I don't know the answer yet. I got to go into the woods. I'll come out when I have the answer. So sitting with yourself in quiet spaces, um, you know, how much time do you actually do that? Do you allow yourself to sit with yourself? One of my favorite things to do is lead people through breath work because I love watching their response to breath work. Some people are like, I can't, I just can't do this breath work. I can't be here. And that tells me you can't be with you. You can't sit with you. You can't sit with yourself in the quiet. You can't sit with yourself. So we start there. Uh, Meditation is such a wonderful way to do this as well. There's a bazillion different styles of that. So find the one that works for you. Episode 222 of the Functional Nutrition Podcast, this year podcast, (laughs) Creating Sacred Space for Healing and Transformation. That would be a good listen for you. Episode 123, Creating Your Morning Ritual. That could be another great episode. But basically, it's all about creating the space to receive the messages. All right. You have all asked me for an official update. I've been using Keon Aminos for every single day for months now. And so I've gotten enough DMs to know that I got to address it here. I will say what I've seen for myself, definitely enhanced muscle growth. I mean, you wouldn't look at me and be like, whoa, she swole, but I can tell. And I'm putting up heavier weights a lot easier and I don't get sore. So I'm like more likely to, I'm lifting more because I don't have like 
have that muscle fatigue or just like that soreness. So strong recommend. This is why Keon Aminos really is my fundamental supplement for fitness. You can naturally boost energy, build lean muscle, enhance athletic recovery. It's backed by over 20 years of clinical research, highest quality ingredients, no fillers, no junk. It undergoes rigorous quality testing and it tastes amazing. My personal faves are the mango and the lime. If you're looking for flavors to try, you can save 20% on monthly deliveries and 10% off one-time purchases. Go to get Keon.com forward slash funk. That's G E T K I O N.com slash F U N K to get my fundamental supplement for fitness, Keon Aminos. When I start to feel my stress and anxiety kick it up a notch, like Emerald Lagasse, I personally lean on Ned's de stress blend. It's a certified organic formula that features two powerful plant compounds, CBD, and then the lesser known CBG, which is considered the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is for anxiety and stress. De-Stress Blend also features ashwagandha, one of my favorite adaptogens. And I think I say that about all the adaptogens, but ashwagandha was my gateway into adaptogenic herbs. So I do have a special love for it. Invest in yourself and fortify your stress response. Get 15% off of Ned's de-stress blend with code funk, go to helloned.com forward slash funk or enter code funk at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash F-U-N-K to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. And then from there, there needs to be a willingness on your end to pay attention to those signals, to be curious to understand that these messages are coming in for a reason, to pay attention to where the messages are coming in. Do you feel it in your body? Asking, what are you trying to tell me? Maybe that you are sitting with yourself in meditation. Maybe you're doing a journaling practice. But we have to kind of find the courage to recognize that the discomfort or the confusion that we're feeling in our body or in our life is actually directing us to make the choices that will align us with our greatest purpose to break us out of our stuckness, our stagnation. And I use the word courageous here because sometimes we have to break away from our comfort and our safety in order to take action on our own inner guidance. One of the questions that somebody wrote is how to discern between intuition and doubts and fears that compete for that space. Somebody else said, What do you do when your head and your heart say different things? And it's so important for you to understand that your brain wants to keep you safe. It wants to keep you familiar. Whereas your intuition, your higher self, your soul, your heart, it wants you to grow and expand. Our intuition typically directs us into the new, into new cycles, new learning, new experiences. And so this can get uncomfortable. And this can sound the alarms of the brain, which is saying like, oh, new is not safe. Let's keep her here. This is safe. This is what we know. So we choose the comfort of what we know over the discomfort of what we don't know nine times out of 10, but that can stunt our growth. That can limit us. And our intuition is usually trying to break us free from that. So ultimately, what you have to decide for yourself is, do you want to live a life that is driven more strongly by fear or by curiosity? You know, do you, if there are two things competing for the same space, That means you're probably going to have to choose one. So which one are you choosing? Oftentimes our intuition requires courage and personal power 
to follow through on the guidance that it provides. So before I was telling you about your hormone revival and how I made a decision to change it, I, whenever I would think about your hormone revival, I would feel a certain way. And like I said, I use those feelings as an internal guidance system. The way I was doing it was it no longer felt aligned. Running it as a live program twice a year no longer felt aligned and it didn't make sense from a logical standpoint. So I held back on making that decision because my brain was like, you are nuts. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Because people get phenomenal results with the program. We sell out every single time. Our last round was our largest ever, like by a lot. So the interest was, is very much so there. It makes up a significant part of my company's revenue each and every year. My team enjoyed running it. Um, we had a great repeatable system in place. So nothing made logical sense about this decision to discontinue it as a live program. But I did it anyway because I listened to my intuition Um, now remember how I told you last weekend, I had this big divine download. I had been struggling. I've been struggling on clarity with next steps for a while. So that divine download, I kid you not that like my next steps all got plotted out for me, just like boom, within a matter of seconds. And it happened two hours after teaching my last live your hormone revival class. So it was like last live class ever. And then boom, by allowing myself to listen to the messages and to say no to something, even though it didn't make logical sense, I opened up the space to receive something even more aligned that felt even better. So Sometimes it takes courage to act on your intuition, but if you can cultivate deep trust, you do it anyway. You do it scared. You do it even when it doesn't make sense. Um, and just by the way, now I completely understand part of that. We, we will be opening, reopening your hormone revival up in August as a self-study, and it is going to align with people's needs so much better this way because when people are struggling, they can buy it. They don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for six months for when we're opening enrollment again. You can say, I'm having issues now. I need help now. I can purchase now. And so I'm so, so, so excited about this. And this is why it's imperative that we use our feelings as our internal guidance system, whether that's a visceral feeling in the body or a visualization. You might be more of an you know, an auditory or a visual learner. So however the message is coming to you, just start to pay attention to them because chances are they're taking you exactly where you need to go. Now, I had a few more questions that I got and I want to make sure that I get them all answered before we close out. So somebody asked, did you do any training to cultivate your intuition? Did someone teach you how? First, I want to say that we all have intuition. It's There's not just like a chosen few, but some people make more space for it. They might resist it less. They have less filters that tell them that it's not right or it's not real. So they allow it and they cultivate the skill to hone it. And I would put myself in that category. And I also did receive guidance on how to do so. I studied for two years 
about 15 years ago, I studied for two years, once a week for two years with Elizabeth Gilbo, Gilbo where we would practice honing intuition. Um, I am someone who creates time and space in my life to do the things that are important to me. And building an intuitive rapport with my body is important to me. So I, I did that. I committed to that. I committed to a practice and I continue to do so. Now, if this is something you'd like to, you'd like help with, you'd like to learn, I would be honored to be your teacher and your guide. This is exactly what we do in Manifest Your Health, by the way. Okay. Next question. How do you decipher between impulsive and intuition? And this question just tells me you probably just need to be where your feet are. Just kind of be where you land because intuition requires that you be grounded, that you be present, that you have that space to receive. So make sure two feet on the earth, uh, metaphorically, but maybe also literally, be where your feet are, be where you land, and you're more likely to hear the messages and you can still act on those messages and you can even act on those messages quickly. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like impulsive. Um, next question, how do you not overthink your intuition? How do you just go with it? And that, my dude, is practice. You just got to practice, 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 practice. But I will say that overthinking is often a mechanism to keep us from taking action on the thing that we know we need to do. So I'll let that land. Let that breathe for a minute. And then the last question is how to best foster our kids' intuition. I like this question. Um, and I will say that I think it's hard to teach something that we're not actively practicing in modeling. So it starts with you. Um, because I personally, I practice listening to my intuition because it's a core value of mine. It's a natural extension of my teaching and my parenting. Um, so if you're not there yet, don't fret because as you're learning, as you're practicing yourself, you're modeling that behavior, which I believe is one of the best ways to teach. So I was trying to think of like ways that I've communicated this or ways that you could communicate this. So even something as simple as like, I'm going to eat this mango because my body is telling me that that sounds really good right now. Um, something that I'll say often, I feel overstimulated right now. My brain needs some quiet time. You know, like there's a, there's a message coming from inside the body and I am going to heed that message. Um, we've been doing a lot lately. I could really use a zero day. I'm going for a walk because I feel like I need to move my body. Um, while my uh, Hattie and Scott are watching a movie, like at the end of the day, I'll put in my headphones and meditate sometimes. Like she actively sees me meditating. She sees me um, doing like energy medicine classes. This is something that I'm modeling to her. So she just kind of picks it up. Um, another, some other examples of how I've led her back to her own decisions. We were at the dentist a little while ago. She, she, we went thinking she was going to get a tooth pulled and, um, her tooth, her tooth is just wasn't falling out on its own. And so she's in the chair, the dentist come in, comes in and the dentist looks up at me and she's like, two options. We can pull it out here today or we can send her home and she can wiggle it, spend the next month wiggling it and we can come back. Uh, and, and if she doesn't pull it out, then we can, you can come back in a month and pull it out. And so she was looking at me, the dentist, and she's like, what do you think, mom? 
And I just redirected to Hattie and I was like, well, Hattie, it's your body. So what do you think? That was an opportunity to kind of guide her back to her own her own innate body's wisdom. What do you feel? Let's let's let your inner compass make this decision. Um, same deal with corn. So she, um, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of this. I've probably talked about it here before, but quite a few years back, she was having a lot of um, issues with coughing and um, I ended up doing food allergy testing on her and she had a sensitivity to corn, which I was totally not expecting. So we mo- removed the corn all of the weird mucus issues went away. Hooray. So obviously she's on a cord-free diet. And lately, over the past six months to a year, she's been talking about like, I really think that I would want to try eating corn. Should we retest me for corn? And so I've been letting her kind of make her own decisions in the moment. Like, do you want to, you know, it's your body, it's your decision. Do you want to eat this corn on the cob? See how your body does. Like guiding her back to herself. A lot, like sending the messages to her that your body actually knows better than I do. So why don't we let your body make this decision instead of me? Those are ways, um, like you know, actual examples of things that I could give you. So hopefully that elicits some some ideas for your own your own uh, parenting. And before we close out, I just want to take a moment of appreciation to shout out friends of mine, Vernon Family Farm. They have been through the ringer this past year. The town in which they reside, Newfields, New Hampshire, uh, essentially tried to shut them down. And so it's been a very long, rough, hard road. And it is not easy growing food in our country is not easy. And it is arguably one of the most important jobs there is. And so I, I just want to take a, take a minute um, to shout them out, to let them know that we appreciate them. And in case you're not familiar with Vernon Family Farm, let me tell you a little bit about them. They're a first-generation pasture livestock farm in the seacoast of New Hampshire. So they're New Fields, New Hampshire. They offer so much to the local community. First of all, they have a farm store that is open every single day, all year long from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. So you can drive up, park your car, go in, get fresh produce, get all sorts of farm goodies, get uh, well-sourced animals um, any day of the week. And beyond that, they they have just the most beautiful setup. It's the most quintessential farm experience. And they host agritourism events. So it is a vibe. It is a vibey vibe vibe. If you like live music, if you like good food, if you like to be in, you know, like you're just looking for a good, fun event to take the whole family to, to meet up with friends. This is the place to be. You've probably seen me post pictures of Vernon Family Farm being there with my family, meeting up with our friends. It's just incredible. Um, Head to their website, vernonfamilyfarm.com, so you can get tickets for these events. They run through the summer. Really amazing 
fun time. If you see me, come say hi. It's so funny because I always see people uh, there and it's just it's just a good, good take. Uh, if you don't already follow them on social media, do so. We'll link up all their goodies in the show notes. But I, I want to take a moment because they've been through it and we love them and we want to support the people that are doing good in this world. We want to support the people who are trying to support us. So Vernon Family Farm, head there, buy food there. It's good stuff. I'll see you there this summer. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you got something from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.